We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my dear one, my darling. How are you on this beautiful day? Hopefully you're not feeling too stressed or overwhelmed, but if you are, I have a feeling by the end of this show, you're going to be feeling much better inside of yourselves. So yes, stress, we've all experienced it, and it seems to be part and parcel of our human adventure. But left unchecked, stress can usher us down a path of anxiety, diminished health, mental overwhelmment, and spiritual disconnection. And what I know for sure is the further away we are from our souls, the more deeply we suffer. Today, I want to have a conversation about how we can turn back towards our soul and come back to a place of peace, alignment, comfort, harmony, and the sense of being really at home inside of ourselves. Here to have this conversation and share some enlightening and empowering tips is my expert and author, David Kuntz. David has enjoyed several careers, including 19 years as a Catholic priest, 20 years in the practice of psychotherapy, and over two decades teaching courses on managing stress and emotional health and writing. He has graduate degrees in psychology and theology and a doctorate in pastoral psychology. Among the seven books David has authored are Quiet Mind, Moments in Between, Awakened Mind, and his most recent, The Art of Stopping, How to Be Still When You Have to Keep going. So David, thank you for saying yes to a second show. I had you on last week and I'm so grateful to have you on again this week. Thanks, Tammy. Great to be with you. Yes. So I want to give you the opportunity to um, explain or describe the distinction between slowing down and stopping because you say they're not the same things. What you really advocate or are a proponent of and a teacher of is really stopping. So what is the difference Yes, in my experience, um, both as a clergyman and, and as a psychologist, is that people uh, often <clears throat> make a, make a, a decision or have a strong desire to slow down their lives. And often they make an effort and they they cram things in or they cut things out and try to simplify their life and to slow down. But very often it's like the experience of trying to quit smoking. Uh, it 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 just doesn't quite take. It just sort of fades out and all of a sudden you're back where you found yourself at the beginning. No, it takes something uh, a little more dramatic and a little more clear cut, which is stop, mm-hmm. do nothing. Don't slow down because slowing, uh, we talked last time about entrainment. We're entrained by the culture around us and we go at the pace of the culture. We can't help it. We all do. It's 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 what what happens in in a human life. So the decision has to be made to stop. Now, as I said before, stopping, it's relative. Can you absolutely do nothing? <laughs> That's uh, probably not possible, but that doesn't make any difference. Do nothing as much as possible. And that's that's what the practice of stopping is, doing nothing as much as possible to wake up and remember who you are. Mm-hmm. You talk about, you know, I mean, it's good to be responsible, right? But having responsibilities, too many of them, and spreading ourselves too thin can actually prevent us 
from living up to our fullest potential and certainly um, creates a, a, a situation where we're not able to experience as much fulfillment. Absolutely. One of the things I talk about in the book are the, the benefits of stopping. And one of them is, in fact, I think probably the most uh, uh, the, the, the most uh, powerful benefit of stopping is the gift of attention, mm. of just paying attention to what's going on right now, right here in my life, and to pay attention to that person that's in front of me right now, right here. Look that person in the eyes and be present and be there. Uh, and stopping helps you do that because when you're stopped, things come up. Mm -hmm. It's it's just what happens to the human being. When you stop and when you are still as much as you possibly can be, things come up for you. So my encouragement is when that happens, notice them. Notice what comes up for you. So let's say you're doing a stopover, which is the medium amount of time. Say you've decided to take a whole day for yourself uh, and you you decide to take a hike in the park near your home. And um, during that, that you're walking in the park and all of a sudden you think of, uh, uh, of, a, of, a, of a child that you went to or someone you went to school with as a child. You think of that person. They come into your mind for some reason. How interesting. My encouragement is don't just say how interesting. Pay attention to that. Why did that come up for you? Or you remembered something that happened in your life. Why did that come up for you? What does it have to say for you? What is the, is there some reason that that came up and something else didn't come up? Those are the kinds of things that happen when we're stopped, when we really give ourselves time for those kinds of energies to be present and not just distracted and washed away in the tide. Mm -hmm. You know, I really love that. And another thing you write about in your book that I found so um, helpful and thought provoking was the concept of the shadow. I think so many of us don't want to stop because we're running not just to something, but from something. You talk about um, the shadow and it can be the enemy. We think it's the enemy inside of ourselves. But you say if we're willing to look at the hidden part of ourselves and embrace it, we grow in self-understanding and can transform this perceived enemy into a wonderful gift and an incredible friend. So can you talk a little bit more about the shadow? Yes, indeed. This is a this is a, a construct that we received from Carl Jung, the great mm -hmm. psychologist. And um, he, he, he talks about embracing the shadow. And the shadow is basically um, what you don't see or hear or notice about yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's often negative. But one of Jung's gifts to us is to uh, point out very clearly that the shadow is not always negative. It often is. It's often the, sort of the, the nasty part of ourselves we don't like to, to pay attention to. It's our impatience or our anger or our uh, uh, whatever, whatever might, might be one of, our, uh, one of our challenges. But he says it's also the wonderful stuff. It can be. So he encourages us to embrace the shadow. In other words, be still and be aware of what you don't want to acknowledge about yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, that's 
difficult, isn't it? It's difficult for all of us. And I suppose it's a job of a lifetime. It isn't something that you do uh, a Saturday afternoon and that's that. It's a continuing process of being aware of what's negative and harmful or positive and wonderful in our lives that we resist, that we're afraid of, that we hide from. Robert Bly, the poet, talks about the, the bag we drag behind us. Mm-hmm. And we're all dragging some bag behind us. And the things we put in that bag are things we don't want to pay attention to. We don't want to look at them. So we drag them along and they don't go away. That's the thing to remember. Those bad things and good things, they don't go away. They just get stuck in the bag we're carrying and dragging behind us. So he says, stop, open the bag and look at them. What can be the worst thing that can happen? Something might jump out, but if it does, then you better know what it is before it has its way with you. So embracing the shadow is a wonderful, wonderful advantage of, of the process of stopping because it gives you a chance to see, okay, what's in my bag? What is it I don't want to look at or see? What are the wonderful gifts I have for the world that I'm afraid to show? because of what uh, what it might mean for me or, or 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 for whatever reason right and you you um share this quote in your book as well if you do if you bring forth what is within you what you bring forth will save you if you do not bring forth what is in you what you do not bring forth will destroy you which was a quote from Jesus and the gospel of Thomas. So I think that's basically what you're talking about right here. You need to be able to open your bag and look inside and bring it into the light. If you don't, it can probably bog you down and destroy you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it will. You know, I write about this in my book, Manifesting Love from the Inside Out, about how we all have a Pandora's box and most of us don't want to open it. But if we have the courage to bring forth what is in us and look into those darker corners. What I find is that uh, at the bottom of this is the hope diamond, which I think Mm -hmm. you talked about this in our last show. It's like we all have um, the seed of brilliance inside of ourselves. It's like the the acorn has the seed of brilliance. And it's hard to know what our seed of brilliance is until we kind of open our Pandora's box and go inside of ourselves and clear out the things that maybe we are ashamed of or judge bring them into the light of day. And then beneath all of that is a precious, priceless gift, which is the energy and essence of our soul self. Oh, yes. I love that metaphor. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. But it does take courage, doesn't it? It does. It certainly does. Yes. This is, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be glib with this because this this is, uh, it's very, very simple, but it it's not... Um, well, I, I was going to say it's not easy. In a way, it's very easy. But in another way, in a spiritual way, it isn't easy. It's mm-hmm. because it's facing it's facing ourselves and all, literally all spiritual traditions, East and West, tell us that's the human challenge, to face oneself, mm-hmm. to acknowledge and to embrace and to finally face who we are. And it's a lifetime of work. It isn't, again, something you do just quickly and it's over with. It's it's ongoing. It's every day. Well, and I'd be interested in your perspective on this, David. A way that I've looked at this and other teachers have spoken about it is basically like the ego. The ego doesn't like this work. The, the, um, the ego is maybe trying to run from our soul self, where I find that uh, 
oh, when I came to the end of the leash, it's like it was time for me to make friends with my soul self. And, and it's not necessarily natural because the ego doesn't want to surrender. The ego doesn't want to go quietly into that good night. The ego mm-hmm. doesn't want to. Um, it wants to be in the driver's seat of our lives. But I don't think we can be happy, fulfilled or live up to our potential if our soul self isn't in the driver's seat. Exactly. No, that's right. The inner life, the inner life always has control of the outer life. Mm -hmm. In other words, what people see, your outer life, where you go, what you say, what you do, what you look like, all those things, who has control over that? The inner life. The inner life controls absolutely everything. So if you're not aware of your inner life, Mm. then the outer life has its way. And uh, sometimes it's not so great. Mm. I think that is uh, brilliant. You know, my my um, the subtitles of both my books are from the inside out. I think our lives are a reflection of our inner state. And so often we're trying to control the out there rather than to take responsibility for the in here. Mm-hmm. And if we do the inner work, the reflection of our life shifts and it seems kind of miraculous, but it's just how it works. Exactly. If the inner life is attended to, the outer life will take care of itself. I say that all the time. Take care of your relationship with your soul and source and everything else will take care of itself. It'll take care of itself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but gosh, it took me a, a lot of pain to wake up to this uh, way oh, of being. Oh, I know. I know. Me too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that's it. It's, uh, you know, uh, Hillman also, James Hillman, who I quoted earlier, talks about um, uh, his spirituality being on the peaks and in the vales, uh, on the peaks and in the valleys, and that the the peak experience, the peak spiritual experience, he calls uh, uh, spirit. And the spirituality of the valleys, the messes that we get into in life and the the, the difficulties and the challenges of daily life, he calls soul, spirit and soul, the parts of spirituality. And I think that can be helpful for us to understand because the, the peak experiences, the spirit experiences are sometimes very rare. Those transcendent moments when everything is brilliant and bright and you have this inner sense of peace and, and well-being, those are the great gifts of, of spirituality that happen occasionally, if we're lucky. But the messy problems we deal with in the valleys, the, the mother dealing with three kids and homeschooling during this pandemic, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my heart goes out to parents during this pandemic, and now, now it seems to be uh, getting a little bit better, hopefully. But uh, the, the challenges of, of that, that's equally as spiritual. It's just messier, and sometimes we don't recognize it as a spiritual life, as a spiritual reality. And Hillman reminds us, oh, no, no, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the challenges that we meet in the valley, in the, the dark, moist parts of life that um, don't work out too well. That's equally as important spiritually as the transcendent experiences. And stopping can, can uh, allow us to, to be aware of both of those, the, the peaks and the valleys. Well, and you bring up something so profound and, and there's so much wisdom here. Um, and I'm just so grateful that you're articulating it in this way. It makes it so fun to have the conversation. But I do really feel that there is such profound opportunity for soul growth in 
our most painful challenges. And I would love to hear your thoughts and feedback on that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's the it's the 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 concept that it is in suffering. I mean, it's in the, it's it's especially true in the Christian dispensation. Uh, the, the 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 Christian God is on a crucifix, and suffering is essential, uh, really, to Christian spirituality, and and to all spiritualities or to none. One of the things I've come to realize is that. Whether you are a religious person or not a religious person, that the spirituality is the same, and that it's the suffering and the pain that we go through that brings us the insight and the peace. Mm-hmm. If allowing ourselves to 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 look at it honestly and to deal with it as as graciously as we can, sometimes a, an immense challenge. Mm. It really is. And and to me, what the suffering has done has broken my heart open. Mm. I didn't want to cry. I didn't want to hurt. I didn't want to experience those, you know, dark nights of the soul. But I feel what it did for me in the end was broke me open to my vulnerability and my sense of um, compassion for myself and for others. And to be able to now be present with others that are suffering in a way where I um, can remember the truth. It's like, you know, in looking at Jesus on the cross, which I grew up Catholic and, you know, I think I had a little trauma from that, but, um, the crucifixion isn't the end of the story. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. That's the whole point of it. Yes. Yeah. No, it's the resurrection. Yes. It's life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I got to the other side of this like bridge and now I'm able to just be in, um, connection and compassion and presence with others that are still going through those really painful, deep, dark um, nights of the soul. And, and I think that basically is what your book boils down to. It's like, if you're hurting, if you're suffering to take those moments to turn inward and just rest, relax, align, and allow yourself to be nourished from those still points, those um, quiet moments, those moments of reprieve and connection with your soul self. Yes, exactly. What you're describing is a perfect, perfect example of the inner wisdom that stopping gets you in touch with. Uh, Yeah, thank you for that example. Mm. And I love this. You say knowing when to breathe can Mm. give us um, a clearer vision, help us regain our sense of selves and our surroundings, give us a a fresh perspective and inner balance and support us in really honing in on what our true priorities are. Yes, isn't that true? The the breath, it's so important to to breathe consciously. And one of the things that happens uh, that I like to describe in a still point, uh, the the briefest moment of stopping, is to stop, breathe, and remember. Stop what you're doing, turn your energy in, take a deep breath, and remember who you are and what you want. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. Very simple. It's so simple. It, it, in fact, it's almost too simple because it, it sounds like, well, uh, people c- could so easily say, that's sort of silly. That uh, What's that? It gonna... can't be that simple. It can't be that simple. <laughs> exactly. But yes, I'm convinced it is that simple. And then uh, what I like to think happens, and I, I've seen it happen quite often, is that once you get hooked on still points, those brief moments 
of being still and turning in and remembering and doing nothing, those brief seconds and moments, you'll enjoy them so much that it will lead you to a stopover. Mm -hmm. It will lead you to take an afternoon for yourself and be still. Yes. Because yes. you enjoyed it so much. And yes. then maybe, maybe sometime you'll do a grinding halt. A grinding halts often happen. This is the longer time of stopping, uh, a, a week, a month, uh, whatever, but a long time of stopping. They often happen during the transitions of life. You're, you're getting married, you're getting divorced, you're uh, uh, moving house, you're changing job, something like that is often the occasion for a grinding halt, and it's a great occasion for it. Some people will do a couple in their lifetime. Other people probably won't, and that's okay. Uh, the stopovers can be perfectly adequate uh, ways to practice stopping. But for those who, who want the, 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 real, um, the real gem of stopping, uh, consider a, a, a longer period of time. And so, some people um, are, have the advantage of doing what they call a, um, a silent guided retreat. Mm -hmm. uh, there are retreat houses around the country that offer silent guided retreats a week yes. or two. Weeks. So look into that if you're interested in a grinding halt. That's a good way to do it. Mm, I've done that a lot. Mount Madonna. Okay. Yeah. Madonna a lot. Okay. <laughs> Very soul uh, replenishing. It's it's a really incredible experience. So yes, mm -hmm. I think that's wonderfully wise. So here's another beautiful quote from your book, David. I hope that by now you see that stopping in all of its forms works because it allows for and facilitates truth, your truth to have its way. In fact, stopping can't fail. It can't be wrong because there's nothing to be wrong or right about. No content, no doctrine, no dogma, no beliefs, and no system of adherence. Only a clearing away of whatever is cluttering up your truth. And when your truth is freed, identified, and given wings, your life will be enhanced, deepened, and enriched. Mm. Yes. You know, one of the things that you, when you were reading that, it, it occurred to me that one of the, the gifts of stopping that uh, we sometimes don't pay a lot of attention to is the gift of relaxation mm. to be really relaxed. And I'm convinced that many people rarely experience true relaxation. They're always up. They're always on. They're always, um, you know, ready for action, so to speak, uh, and very rarely experience true true relaxation, true leisure, in which you can just take a deep breath, relax, and know that everything's okay. I even love that. Even mm -hmm. if it's just for a moment or two. Uh, people, for example, who who take care of chronically ill people or, or, or care caregivers or people who are chronically ill or who have some kind of other uh, challenge in life, uh, physical or mental, um, to be able to just relax and know uh, all, all is well, all shall be well. Mm -hmm. and you're fine just the way you are just now. Um, and it's interesting, David, that you say this, because as I've learned to turn inward and ask for the wisdom of my soul to speak, the message I've received more than anything, the, the message I've received the most is this, relax, trust the process, mm -hmm. and enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. And I just take a deep breath. Permission to relax, granted. Permission to be you, granted. Trust really? the process 
and enjoy the journey. And this has transformed my life. It has shifted me and rewired me internally. And the mirror of my life has just metamorphosized into something extraordinary. People are like, oh, I'd be so happy if I had your life too, Tammy. I'm like, you don't know the inner work <laughs> that I've yes. done to get to this point. And we yes. all have this ability and I think opportunity and, and maybe even responsibility. Yes, yes. The, 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 one, the one thing to be aware of here is that the circumstances of people's lives differ greatly. And um, for, for many of us, um, we have incredible advantages. Uh, for example, the, the one that pops into my mind is that I could, when I was going through my midlife crisis, I could take a month off. Mm -hmm. There's not many people can do that. Uh, and even if they can, uh, you know, they might not have the resources to be able to get away. So we have to be aware that many people's lives are different from our own and that one of the one of the things that has come from my experience of stopping is that we, all of us who are able to do that owe a debt to those who find it challenging. Mm -hmm. In other words, we need to facilitate stopping in some way for others who find it very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, life's, lives are different and uh, challenges are different and we never know what someone's going through. So to be aware of what are the opportunities that we have that can facilitate that kind of experience for other people. Mm -hmm. I love that. And even if you are really busy and overwhelmed, if you pick up a copy of this book, I know there's wisdom in here that can support you in relaxing and coming into greater alignment with your soul self. So, David, we just have a minute left. Can you tell people how to get a copy of your book, how to connect with you, how to get more of your wonderful wisdom? Oh, thanks, Tammy. Yes, my, my uh, website is uh, stopping.com, www.stopping.com. And there you can uh, look at all my books and have see some reviews and they're reviewed online as well. And you can get books at any bookstore. They can order them or if they don't have them or on the online booksellers as well. So, David, thank you so much for the, having this conversation. I find you so refreshing. I'm so inspired and nourished by your energy, and I'm so grateful for you. Well, Tammy, and, thank you. I really enjoyed being with you, and I appreciate it. Oh, I just think you're the best. And to my, my friends, our soul siblings that have hung out with us today, thank you for allowing us to be part of your day and energetically being a part of ours. We just appreciate you so much. Please be in touch with me, TammyBPhD.com. Find me on Facebook and at Journey to Center or um, on Instagram. And just know that you are in our heart, meditation and prayers. And let's continue to journey onward and upward with grace, ease, joy, and an ever-expanding love. God bless you. I love you. Bye for now.